When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Facebook Sort of Live. I am your host, Tom Bilyeu. I am here with the amazing voice of this community, the one that keeps it all together, the one that is the magical glue, Cindy. What's up, Cindy? Hey guys, doing well. All right, so technically the reason that this, well, technically this isn't live. The reason that it isn't live is because I'm actually in Europe right now, yay! Uh, hitting up Cannes Line, which I'm very excited about, mm-hmm. and then going to London, uh, because if you go all the way to France with my wife, you got to stop by and to. see the fam. Uh, so we're going to swing over there, doing a meetup. Also, I'm going to be on London Real, which yes. I am crazy excited I'm so about. I'm excited about that. I want to talk about a show that I've used for research a thousand times. So if by any chance, London Real team, you guys are watching this, no, mad respect. I am super excited to be on there. You guys are smashing it. And I'm very grateful for the quality interviews you guys do because uh, it's one of the main places that I'm able to just get amazing information about the people coming on the show. So thank you guys so much. Super honored to be on the show. So yeah, that's what we're going to be doing. I'll still be filming all the stuff behind the scenes, um, doing lives yeah. and stuff. So follow along uh, on follow social. Along. Indeed. Yep. All, All right. right, let's get after so it. So our questions. first question comes are. from Laura K Music 8. Laura K Music. From have you Instagram. guys checked out Well, so amazing on Instagram, but have you checked out her YouTube page? So yeah. she was she our first rap song? She was Had our to first be, right? rap song. Like this was amazing. She did a rap song for us. It's cool. And uh, her YouTube page gets better by the day, so check it out. Um, definitely want to show She's the love. She's out there hustling for sure. All right, so her question is, how do you tell the difference between good, healthy, and necessary boredom slash frustration working towards a goal and boredom or frustration that is arising because the goal itself isn't right? Oh, whoop. Yeah, whoop, whoop. This is a big question, and this one is so hard, and it can only be answered by the person. Um, one of the things that I do for myself is I ask, how much do I care about the goal? Right. Okay, so like... <clears throat> Man, nine times out of 10, like that's actually not true. But there's going to be a lot of stuff. I don't know what the percentage is, but there's going to be a lot of stuff day to day, just grindy stuff. And it's going to come in. It's going to go like when we first founded Impact Theory, I wanted to punch myself in the mouth. I was on the phone. Like, do you remember me raging at the top of my lungs about the IRS? Yes. I was losing my fucking mind. That was probably raging about the post office. Oh, God. Like, uh, like it, it. Everything that like I hate doing, the beginning of a business is like, it's my Goggins moment. And I didn't have Goggins to see me through. By the <laughs> way, just super random. I now consider like the set 
in the gym where your muscles are screaming and they're on fire and you do like more, those are the Goggins sets. So like, <laughs> as I was doing it today and today was leg day and like, oh man, you want to talk about always finding a reason? Like, oh, I've done enough. Like, it really hurts. I don't think I can do another. Today I was like, motherfucker. Like, these are the Goggins sets. And I just kept going. I wanted to pass out at the end of my workout today. Anyway, That's Goggins awesome. sets. But I like, didn't have Goggins. For me, you're saying that, and I'm just like imagining little mini Goggins is like your muscles like yelling at you. Yeah. And so like nice I'm visual. seeing this like interesting visual because I'm a very visual person, and so I, I automatically went there. So anyway. I dig that. Continue to answer your question. So um, <laughs> it literally, the beginning of a business is the Goggins moment for me. It's like all oh, this ridiculous stuff that I don't want to be dealing with. Paperwork. It's like contracts on steroids. Yeah, it's paperwork, all paperwork all the time. So there's so much of that. But I was looking like out into the future and going, how much do I believe in what we're trying to accomplish? Like not just from a business perspective, oh, like that's what? fun too, like to think about um, like, oh my gosh, like to build like a multi-billion dollar business and to create something massive. More importantly, I actually believe to the core of my being that this is the answer to getting mindset to as many people as possible and that that will influence the world and that the world will be a fundamentally better place because I'm willing to deal with the IRS. And that's what it comes back to me. I'm willing to deal with this. I'm willing to put up with this because I really believe in what I'm trying to accomplish. Now, since then, we've also structured our days so that it's fun, right? So we've talked openly. Fun is like actually a thing um, that we do things like the Star Wars Day where we do celebrations. Yes. We're planning a company party to kick off the summer because why not? Like to do things that are fun. Uh, I really love doing our lives. Like these are a lot, yeah, a lot of fun, too. right? So it's like really making sure that you're able mm -hmm. to find like, where's the value? Like we need, to, it needs to move the company forward, mm -hmm. but also like what are like, if there are 10 things that move the company forward and we can only afford to do seven, like if they're all equal impact, like what are the seven that we find the most fun, right? right. And so really making sure that that's a part of the question that you ask and make the mandate that like fun is, is something that we talk about and it's like a critical part of whether we consider ourselves successful like if we do what we want to do but everyone was fucking miserable along the way I actually don't consider that a yeah. success so that's a big part of it knowing what you're trying to accomplish in the end if you believe in that then that should be the thing that you're sort of pushing through to accomplish um, to have a real deep why something that sits at the core of you so that when you're dealing with the IRS and you're frustrated out of your mind and you're actually talking to a consumer advocacy group because it was getting that frustrating <laughs> Um, that you're able to say and refine the feeling of joy from that, that's a huge indicator. So if it's not leading into a why, there's just not going to be any fulfillment, uh, that eudaimonic happiness. So eudaimonic happiness and go watch the um, Dr. Drew episode. He talks very eloquently about this, but it's the notion of techni, right? So helping other people is great, but it's like supercharged. It's, it's 10x at a minimum when it's a skill that you have uniquely um, acquired and can go out and help people. Was this, this is Laura Kay's question, right? Yeah. So like imagine Laura that it's, you're using music and that skill that you have acquired and your verbal ability to go out and help people. That's very different than ladling soup at a soup kitchen, which most anybody can do. So being able to help people with a skill that you've worked really hard to acquire, like there's very few things that are more fulfilling than that. Um, so if it's all feeding into that, I think if you, um, don't have those things, then that boredom is going to come in. The why isn't going to answer that question. You're not going to feel empowered by what you're doing. There's not going to be that level of fulfillment or excitement thinking about like why you're doing all this. So yeah, I think it, it essentially, this is definitely oversimplifying, but it essentially comes down to your connection to the why. Yeah.
All right. Hopefully that helped, Laura. All right. This um, next question comes from Martin Ovechevic from the Connect Inbox. Uh, Hi, Tom. I'm writing a project in faculty and entrepreneurship, and I would like to ask you, what are the top five key characteristics that every entrepreneur should have in order to succeed? Okay, so numbered questions are really hard to answer. Yeah. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cheap out a little bit. I'm not necessarily going to give you top five. But so what are the top things that um, entrepreneurs need to be successful? Uh, yeah, key characteristics that every entrepreneur, every entrepreneur should have in order to succeed. Okay, so I'm going to do it in beliefs instead of characteristics. Because right. I think like the characteristics is okay. very, very uh, broad. Uh, but beliefs, you have to believe that you can do anything you set your mind to. You have to believe that any problem is overcomable. Um, you have to do and believe that which moves you towards your goals. You have to stay open-minded and be willing to pivot. I think that's a big deal. And when people are overly dogmatic and they think they have all the answers and things start going the wrong way, they're, they're not able to step back and look at the landscape and say, what really works here? Um, and a lot of times they get to a level of success by trusting themselves. And so then they don't know how to handle like, oh, I'm actually missing something now. And now I need to go seek that answer. I need to listen to the advice of other people or even being able to listen to advice without necessarily believing it. So hearing advice from a bunch of different people and then being able to pick the one that you think is real and is right and is going to lead you forward, um, that's very, very important. And then really critical, really critical. Um, somebody on the team has to have vision. Not every entrepreneur, but somebody has to have vision. So you need to know, mm -hmm. like, are you vision or, and, and now I'm being really sort of rough, but are you vision or are you operations? And you need both. And so those are like the, and look, it could be sub broken down into a lot more than that. Yeah. But vision, being able to rally the team, being able to articulate what you're trying to accomplish, getting people excited, right? Which is a biochemical state. Getting people excited about what you're doing and their role in it, like that is so important. But also like holding everything together, actually helping to manage the processes and the people and help them see like, what's my path and how do we get this ongoing? Like those are critical, critical components. Knowing what role you play is very, very important. And then a willingness to get better every day because your skill set has already taken you as far as it's going to take you. And if you want to get farther, then you've got to get new skills. That like That's just a, and look, I know that that's sort of a lie, but it's like a really important way to view the world because look, every day the number of skills you add are relatively minor, but if you stagnate, like you will be stuck startled by how quickly the world passes you yes. by and that you really do have to be pushing your skill set. You really do have to be thinking about getting better every day um, if you're going to push yourself forward. So just assume it's an empowering assumption. Assume that the skill set that you have today has already taken you as far as it's going to go. That This is it, right? That if we don't all focus on getting better, that impact theory is already at its peak. None of us would be okay with that. So we've got to come in, show up every day to play at an elevated level than what we did yesterday to get better and all that. Right, and that's uh, I think the same reason that like the professions of law and medicine, they both like require you to do continuing education mm -hmm. at all times throughout your career. So like you don't just get your degree and like finish or like specialize and you're done. You're always learning because it's it's that emphasis that things always are changing and you need to be aware of them and be ready with the skills necessary. And so there's no reason that shouldn't apply 
across the board for everything. Very well said. Yeah. So this next one comes from Kent from the Connect Inbox. Nice. Tom, I stumbled on your site. So awesome. So thank you for that. Welcome. Um, And you've taught me a great deal, and I use the information to motivate students to take the step beyond themselves. I love that. I teach air traffic control to new hires off the street. Any ideas on the mind or motivation? Wait. On the mind or motivation are golden nuggets to me. Okay. Inspiration, pushing these students to take action and flow is what I look for in your content. Thank you so much uh, for your work. As looks like there's no question yeah, here, I was like, but I was uh, like, "Thank you." <laughs> I probably should have read that quickly before uh, we started on it. That's okay. So um, that's amazing. Air traffic control, from what I know, is yeah. like one of the most insanely stressful jobs. Um, a, we're just honored to have you in the community. Um, B, it sounds like you're able to take the motivation and translate it into action and actually teaching people. I think that's phenomenal. Um, and then, um, man, like I can't tell you how honored I am that teachers are using impact theory in their curriculum. Like I had somebody uh, tweet me, I believe, from Brazil, and it was a still of them up in front of the class with like impact theory and an, another um, show, and I forget which one, but um, up on the screen behind them. And I thought, whoa, like that's you awesome. want to talk about staying connected to what we're really doing and the mm-hmm. impact that we're having? Like that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so I love that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we're way more honored that you're doing that than you probably are that we're doing the show. So, um, yeah, thanks. Yeah. And, you know, connect with us across social. We'd love to hear from you and um, get feedbacks for how we can help support you in like continuing to instill these nuggets Mm. with your students. Yeah. Amazing. All right. So this um, next one comes from Avatar. Yeah, Avatar. Um, from listening to your interviews, you say that you've had anxiety of being wrong. How did you overcome that? And what did you do? I struggle with the same issue and, um, want to make progress because I fear, and I don't make progress because I'm always afraid of being wrong. Well, so anxiety, um, whenever somebody asks about that, I really just want to talk about the brain and Mm -hmm. coming to understand the brain was how I actually started unwinding, um, the anxiety. So, uh, anxiety is is literally a mental um, wiring problem. So you've taken a stimulus, a situation, and you've wired it to your obsession over um, imagining a future that has not yet happened that was negative. And so your brain just like starts freaking out like, oh my God, this scenario, like it could go wrong all these ways. And so you begin to hardwire for that. And so you allow your brain to obsess over a future outcome that's potentially negative. And once you understand that, okay, so the brain will wire for whatever I imagine obsessively Mm -hmm. happening. So what if I forced myself to obsessively imagine things going right? And once you start doing that, then, and it is not the most rapid process, I really wish it were, (laughs) but you begin to get that spiral going in the opposite direction so that you're feeling less and less anxious and you get more and more excited about doing that. And that's where it gets really powerful um, is to obsess about your future going well. And that's why when people talk about visioning, uh, envisioning things and like speakers do this a lot where they go out and they own the 
You guys know I have a very strict diet that I stick to, except for very special occasions. And I do that so that I can bring my best every day to what I'm doing. And a big part of that strict diet is high quality animal protein and my go-to source of trustworthy meats and seafoods with no added hormones or antibiotics ever is ButcherBox. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service that delivers 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood all directly to your door. I cannot recommend ButcherBox enough. When you eat ButcherBox, you are giving your body the best possible building blocks to work with so you can reach your full potential. You've got to take care of yourself at a cellular level if you want to hit your peak consistently. So ButcherBox is the key. Sign up at butcherbox.com impact and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off, and that means you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com impact and use code impact to choose your free-for-a-year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You will never be able to reach your full potential if you are riddled with stress and have a lot weighing on your mind. I can tell you from my own experiences with stress and negative thought loops, you have to find a way to work through whatever it is that's weighing on you if you're gonna have any hope of achieving your goals. Therapy can be an option for working through things and for an online therapy option that is super convenient and flexible, be sure to check out BetterHelp. With BetterHelp, everything is 100% online and getting started is quick and easy. A brief questionnaire matches you with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra charge. Get things off your chest, process through things with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash impact theory today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash impact theory. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you wanna have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. 
stage and they need to walk the stage and look out and like familiarize yeah. themselves with that and in that environment imagine it going well and all of that like so that they can really begin to wire that so when they step out there and there's a lot of people that the just the wiring has begun to take place so that there's um, nothing that triggers their anxiety um, so that is a question of the brain for me. So just, you need to be researching the brain. You need to understand like being able to imagine myelination really helped and what myelination is. And so it's basically, you've got the neurons that connects to, connect to each other. Um, and the points of connection, when you're doing something over and over and over, like learning to play tennis or whatever, um, what's happening is you're myelinating so that mm. the electrical impulses can travel faster between those neurons. And that's really what getting good at something is, is you build this really densely connected set of neurons so that they can communicate very rapidly. Um, and that's it. Like once I could understand that, then it was like, well, wait a second. I've created what Tony Robbins calls a super highway to anxiety. I have like myelinated the yeah. shit out of like whatever, right? For me, yeah. like learning business was the process that really triggered my anxiety. It was in a mm -hmm. high stress environment and I knew nothing about what I was doing. I'm not a born entrepreneur. So I was really like having to learn everything and I was in over my head and it was like, it was a crazy, crazy time in my life. So I now had this like densely wired because I didn't understand what was happening at first. Like mm -hmm. if I had caught it early, oh God, that'd be so yeah. much easier. But I didn't understand the brain well enough to mm -hmm. know what was going on. So I like spent years myelinating this obsessive, like I'm gonna embarrass myself. I'm gonna do something stupid. Like uh, people are gonna freak out at me. They're gonna be so pissed off and like it's gonna erupt into this huge, because all of that happened. Yeah. Like, but it's gonna happen a lot, a lot, a lot. And so it just like got dense, dense, dense. So now by the time I realize like, this is getting weird. Like, I remember the first time it really made my radar. I normally would exit the parking garage by going right for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And one day, like, someone was coming or something. And so I turned left and it gave me anxiety. And I was like, God why damn. would I have anxiety over that? And so then I start learning about generalized anxiety yeah. and how, like, if you don't catch it, like, you start to get anxious about random shit. Like, for yeah. whatever. So I was like, okay, wait a second. So then I had to start researching it. Then I started understanding myelination. Then I started understanding the way that the brain works and that I could unwind it. But I had to like start imagining things going well and spending my time on that and learning meditation and like the whole right. shebang that you have to do to actually begin to unwind that. So um, period. We'll stop there. But it, it's a really big topic. Yeah. Because what I find fa fascinating is something that you said earlier about if you had caught it earlier. Mm -hmm. So what would be for someone who may not be there? What should they kind of like look for in terms of like stopping that process or, you know, reach like changing that? So for me, I experience um, anxiety and this is one of the reasons I hate being cold so much. I experience anxiety the way I experience cold. So I start to feel jittery. I start to feel like a little unrooted. I get like weird, um, unpleasant butterflies, not like love butterflies, but like mm -hmm. unpleasant like butterflies in my stomach. Um, are they persistent butterflies or like little ones? Uh, they, it's like they come and they go. I think of it, it feels like, um, like if you imagine like turning a hose on and then off on, then off. Okay. So it's, it's kind of intense, but then it stops kind of intense and then it stops. Interesting. It's not like it's just perpetual. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and if I had like recognized that, oh, okay, this is me feeling anxious, which I actually didn't know the difference between being nervous and being anxious. Right. Because I was and, like. A lot of times people associate like those butterflies with just being nervous. Yeah. Because it's like that wave of butterflies before you do something weird. And, and nervousness and anxiety are probably uh, on a continuum. And They're that like nerves friends. are like, 
eh, like the beginning yeah. of something. Mm-hmm. And then anxiety is a more chronic where it escalates and you can't control it. Mm-hmm. And so I don't mind being nervous, which we'll call sort of the low yeah. end. It makes you take something seriously. You're going to pay attention to right. it. But then when it like escalates, escalates, escalates. So nerves to me, um, they terminate before you get to blood leaving the prefrontal cortex. Because what I couldn't understand was why do I think and perform worse when I'm like really anxious? And the reason Mm. is you've officially now triggered the sympathetic nervous system. You are officially in fight or flight. Blood is leaving the prefrontal cortex because you don't need to make higher level cognitive decisions. Now you need to throw a punch dodge a punch, uh, dodge the jaws of the tiger that's trying to bite you, right? right? right. Like that's where you need to be. So it's all going to like this <laughs> physiological response. Yes. Um, you don't, like your body's not thinking, oh wait, you're having this um, anxiety response over something that now is gonna demand high level cognition. So when something like speaking triggers anxiety, you're in a real dangerous place because you're going to go and you're not going to be able to perform. And it is literally the fact that you're anxious about not being able to perform that makes you not able to perform. So it's like the only thing we have to fear is anxiety, right? It's like, because that's the thing that will actually make this imagined reality come true. So understanding all of this was like, this is the dumbest thing ever. So getting anxious about it is actually going to make me perform poorly. Mm -hmm. So now I'm becoming anxious because I'm afraid I might become anxious. So it's like this weird like loop and you know that it's real. Like if I get anxious, I will perform worse because the blood is leaving my prefrontal cortex. Everything is going through my amygdala. My Mm -hmm. brain is screaming danger, danger. And I actually can't process the data coming at me in a higher level cognition way I actually can't process it. So I am actually like empirically worse at whatever it is that I'm trying to do. So I was like, first of all, for me, that was a moment of breakthrough because it's like, that's dumb. And once I can grasp onto, this is dumb. Like this doesn't make Mm -hmm. sense. Do and believe that which moves you towards your goals. Okay, well, being anxious is moving me away from my goals, kids. So now what do I need to do? Okay, well, imagining a scenario going bad, oh, that doesn't make sense. So I'm gonna stop doing that. And I think part of the reason I started doing that was so I could, I could, Um, get to the point where I had inoculated myself from the emotional sting of failure. So I would imagine it going wrong. So I'd be like, well, how would I deal with this if it goes wrong? Like, what's my escape hatch? How do I get out of this? And it's like, now you're just thinking about negative shit. Like, you're just thinking about all the ways that it could go wrong. Instead, I was like, hey, be surprised by failure. Like, have thought so obsessively about this going right that if it fails, you're like, Wait, what? Yeah. But at least then you'll be in a good place emotionally. You'll feel confident because you've imagined this going right like a thousand ways. Mm-hmm. And th- these are all the things that made me go, I don't care what's true. I don't care if the odds of me going up and failing are like ridiculously high. Because in thinking about failing, I increase the odds yeah. of me failing like a hundredfold. Right. So it's like, why would I do that? Even if it's true, know. why would I do that? doesn't make sense. So right. I'm going to think about all the ways that it's going to go right, even if that's a lie, right? I don't know that it's going to go right. Yeah. I am literally faking myself out to imagine a scenario where it's gone perfectly. Hey, everything went well. Like yeah. that's also a lie, but it's an empowering lie. So <laughs> I'm going to like do that one. So I'll actually stop this time. That's anxiety. Yeah, sorry. I just like, I had this moment because everything you're describing is, so like my sister, she gets like really bad anxiety. Mm. And so a lot for a long time, it was trying to unravel for the two of us, like in terms of our communication, because I just don't think that way. And I've I've never really thought that way. And I never really understood why, Mm. you know, 
in the in same like the same situation, I would perform better and she would perform significantly worse. And so it was just like, yeah, so sorry. Just had a moment, guys. 100%. All right. So our next question, um, and probably final question yeah. comes from actually this one, I'm not sure where it came from. Okay. Um, so Tom, you talk about being aggressively yourself. Um, how do you manage to be aggressively yourself in spaces that may not be as accepting of who you are? So like, All right, so advanced yeah. class, like, yeah. look, I know when to tone it down, right? And it's just, yeah. you got to get to the point where it's like, sometimes it's not the time to be aggressively yourself. Sometimes it's the time to be real quiet and to sit with your hands in your lap and um, to just be chill and get the lay of the land and be respectful. And so, yeah, when I say be aggressively yourself, I'm talking where that's appropriate. So if I'm trying to build um, a romantic relationship with somebody, I'm going to be aggressively myself. It's what it's about. It's about getting to know each other. So mm -hmm. hiding something about who I am or whatever, like that doesn't make sense. Um, in an interview, there's times where I'm like, my job here is to let this person shine. My job is to learn something from them. So for instance, we just filmed an episode recently where... In the episode, I was kind of dialed back because I really yeah. wanted to give them a chance to like enlighten the audience and like walk us through what they had been through. And then when the camera stopped rolling, then like we really had a chance to have this super like raw conversation where I could talk to him without him having to be tense that somebody was watching. Right. And so that was fun and interesting. And so that was like no, and we got a, an amazing interview. So I yeah. really believe I played the interview right. But it was actually really fun to now go, and the cameras are off. Now let's really like talk about this where um, we can we can really go back and forth and right. like you know discover something that we would talk about in a way when no one's watching. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was a lot of fun. And so it's like understanding the context of where you're at is is critical. And I think a lot of times um, people want things to be binary, and and I make them sound binary uh, because that's where you start, right? You start black or white. Um, but then like, and that's why I call it the advanced class. Like eventually you get to the point where you realize this is actually really nuanced. This is actually all shades of gray. Right. And how do we handle this deftly? And so that's where you separate the good from the great. You can get good by being binary, but you never get great. Like you really have to understand like, when's this gas? When's it break? Like knowing when to love yourself and when to hate yourself. Right. Most people, they just can't mm -hmm. like, they're like me with food. Right. I'm really good, really good at not eating bad food. Okay? I'm hella disciplined. Like literally 99.99999% yeah. of the world cannot hang with me from a disciplined diet standpoint. But I bet there are people, in fact, I'll say 99.9999% of the world are better than me at eating one thing. Like I can't have one chip. I can't have like <laughs> one bite of pizza. Yes. Like I had a friend like that. <laughs> once I go in, I'm in, my bugger. I had a friend like, like that. Yeah, and it was like, just like, it blew my mind. The only thing I can really do that with is like dark chocolate. The other day I saw you eat two Oreos and I thought, man, that's some discipline. Yeah. Like that, that would mess with me. Like once I, yeah, like, like that taste of Oreo in my mouth, man, now I'm like, <laughs> let's get crazy, motherfucker. Like I'm going in on some Oreos. It like comes point. and goes, man. But like for whatever reason, dark chocolate is one of those things that I can like eat a small amount of and just like be fine. Mm. And just like put it back. My sister yeah. was like, wait, you still have the same damn chocolate bar? I was like, yeah. She's like, it's been here for like months. Wait, what? That's you didn't good. buy a new one? I was like, no. That's good. And maybe that's like, I was like something that's I need to that, practice. Yeah. Like, go in and, and eat like a bite of an Oreo and just be like, yeah, now what? Yeah. 
Because then I feel like you probably open a door to like a brand new discipline for yeah. yourself and food. But like, I don't know. I guess it has to fit with your goals because there's a lot of sugar in that. So Yeah. So to me, it's a bit like doing a little bit of cocaine or a little <laughs> bit of heroin. It's like, oh, it's probably best to have a, a binary policy yeah, on that it's one. Like just yeah. Leave it be. Exactly. So it's like, learn your strengths, kids. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should we do one more? Because I have one I, more. We could do one more. We'll do a little bit of a fast We'll answer. do like a real quick answer. All right. So this one comes from Brian McLean. Your intent is to create um, narratives. Any thought on how to help the narrative of mindset ac- wait, crossover into execution? Any thoughts on Jocko oh, Willen's yeah. Way of the Warrior Kid? Uh, so I haven't read Jocko's book, The Way of the Warrior Kid, yet. Um, and I don't think a lot about kids. Uh, but I do think Impact Theory is going to have a kid's division, so maybe I should yeah. get up on that. Yeah, you should. Um, I'm guessing that Jocko's book is amazing because his mindset is incredible. Uh, so I'm very, when I heard about that, I thought, wow, that's actually a really fascinating guy mm-hmm. to do a children's book. Um, and then, um, what was the first part of the question? Uh, How do we cross over into execution? Yeah. Um, sorry, it was important to me to remember that. Um, so crossing over into execution is literally what the show's about. And that's why we have two sides. We've got like the media and what we're trying to do there and build the studio. But we also have, I'm talking less and less about it because I found that people were gravitating way too hard to that side for me. Um, which is the, how do we actually help entrepreneurs execute? Mm -hmm. Um, and that at the end of the day, like the whole idea, and we have to sort of redefine what an entrepreneur means. You don't have to want to start your own company. Um, but the reason that we want to do this mass media that really instills a certain mindset into people is so that they will execute against some of the world's greatest challenges. And, um, like that is really, really important to me. So that'll literally be one of the questions that we're trying to answer is how do you get people not to be empty dreamers, right? So how do you get them to actually execute? And there's a reason that every Impact Theory main app begins with you're here, my friends, uh, because you know that having potential is not the same as executing on it. So like that's that's the juice. Like how do you really help people um, get over into that? And so to break it down really fast, it's like, okay, um, getting people to value that dreaming is empty. So right now we don't like we encourage people just to dream. And so we have to start encouraging them to not be pacified by a dream, but actually say, what have you done with it? Um, to get people to understand the idea of technique, that gaining a skill that serves people is critical. Um, so having a skill that's useful, but then actually using it, like how do you judge your own self-worth? The, the um, thing that we talk a lot about now is money. So if you look at I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. We all know the big names um, in the space that they sell courses on how to do things, which I actually don't think is bad. But the lifestyle that they're painting is all one of like fancy cars and stuff like that. Look, I could have literally, um, I could have a garage full of exotic cars. I don't. Why? Because they don't bring value. So like... Eh, like painting that lifestyle that's just not who I want to attract like I want to attract people who hold themselves to a different standard Mm -hmm. and so we talked a lot about that it was like well Tom are you going to paint that lifestyle because bro like we could have no no bullshit we could have like a million followers by now if I just did that they would be the wrong followers Mm -hmm. but like if I just went on private flights all the time uh, bought a few Lamborghinis a couple Rolls Royces and just fucking rolled around and was like y'all could have this too like dig my course like oh but that would be so so but it goes so against like, like who you are. Like trust me, I would never. Well, I know we've had these discussions, but yeah. it's just it's icky. It's well, icky. It it 
feeds into people the wrong ideas, right? So I really want people to look past that. So if you want people to look past that, like then don't feed into it, right? So that's a, a big part of it. Now I'm gonna be, look, there are times that I do expensive shit and there are times, and when I do expensive yeah. shit, I love it. Treat yourself. And so, right? And I'm gonna, Treat I will definitely film it and stuff. It's just not a part of like the core, like we need to be thinking beyond that. So mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's why I think execution is so important. I think collectively we could do amazing things with this planet. And remember, I'm the guy that's like reading Michio Kaku and saying, hey, like as you go up in levels as a species, you can actually harness the power of star, warp space time. Like I'm thinking, okay, but for us to do that, we have to survive having nuclear weapons and like doing mm-hmm. really dumb shit. Like, so how do we get ourselves past that? So I'm, I want to help feed into that. And I believe that the way that we're going to do it with narrative and a focus on execution is the way that we get there. Starts with changing the narrative. Joseph Campbell, you want to change the world, change the metaphor. We have to get people to see something other than just like wealth creation and splashing money around. And that's why so many people go broke. They splash the money around only to realize, hey, this doesn't last forever. Like, uh, but doing cool, amazing stuff for people, A, is an awesome strategy to having people. Like, if you want to know, I am going so hard on Gary V's new show, Planet of the Apps. Why? Um, because I think Gary Vee adds value to the world. B, um, I'm really trying to deepen my relationship with him. We're already one of his clients. Like, I really believe in that guy. He's added value to my life. Like, so I fucking want to show him. Like, I support you, dude. Um, so that, and Gary Vee came on the show. We all know, dude, if you're Impact Theory alum, I'm going to go way the fuck out of my way to like yeah. make your life better, to thank you for what you did. Like, that's so important. And in fact, in Gary's episode, he said, I don't get why people are talking about karma as if like it's some big surprise. Yeah, Doing good things that. for people is a good strategy. So yeah. yeah, do good things. It will come back to you like a million fold. Yeah, especially when people are like, that's so woo-woo. I was like, but the, I'll just call it something else then. That's how humans work. Yeah, but anyway, that's uh, it for today, everyone. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us and for submitting questions. Um, the easiest way to submit a question is connect at impacttheory.com, but you can submit them anywhere on social. We're always coming through. Exactly. So if you're replying to a YouTube video, an Instagram post, you're tweeting something at me, um, all of that is amazing. We'll take it, we'll collect it, and we will bring them. Uh, forgive us for not doing this one live. I really do love doing these lives, but me I'm in too. Europe right now. Um, and so hopefully you're following me uh, on Instagram. You're hitting me up on Twitter, Facebook, all of it, so you can see what I'm up to um, right now in Europe. So thank you guys so much for joining us. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.